Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 212 of the Running Rogue podcast. We are continuing our series with Jen and Ruth leading these conversations with inspirational women. And I'm excited to introduce this conversation with longtime Rogue and member of one of our groups in Austin here called Team Rogue. Emily Howell is joining this conversation. But before we get there, I've got a couple of things for you. First of all, I'm checking back in from sabbatical to record this intro, and I wanted to say, first of all, thanks to all of you for all of the support. I had an enjoyable November off, and I'm excited about this December off, but I can tell you that I'm doing well. My heel injury is healing. I'm gradually building my mileage. I'm starting to feel rested and refreshed, and I'm excited about what will come on the other side of this sabbatical in January, so I'm really eager to get back with you. But before we get to this conversation with Emily, a couple of quick notes. First of all, I want to make a note about episode 209. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, there was a glitch when that file was uploaded to my hosting service. And so it initially went out for the first couple of weeks with only 28 minutes of that conversation with Shannon. I have since uploaded a new file and fixed that issue, although you may or may not have seen that yet. So I would encourage you to go back if you were listening to episode 209 and check back there and try to get to that full episode. If you have a subscription and that episode automatically downloaded, you may need to delete that and then go out and seek the new one in order to get that full episode. Also in that episode, I announced that my partnership with Take Care Of was extended and they were offering you guys that discount code if you wanted to continue using it. So I mentioned it in that episode in the middle and I wanted to come back and remind you here, just in case you didn't hear that, that there is an opportunity if you want to be a part of my partnership with Take Care Of to use that code ROGUE50 for their vitamin and supplement subscription service. You can go and get 50% off your first order using the code ROGUE50 at takecareof.com. Personally, as I've mentioned, I've used that for my vitamin D supplementation, but I've also now added other things to my daily batch of stuff so that I can be strong and healthy going into the new year. So that's a quick note there. If you want to get the full details on that, you can also hear it in the middle of that episode with Shannon, episode 209, which is now fully uploaded and fully posted for those who may have missed that latter half of that conversation earlier. So that's a quick intro. I've also got a new partnership starting this week that I will be telling you about in the middle of this episode. So stay tuned for that. But for now, I'll turn it over to Jen, who will give a full introduction on today's guest, Emily Howell. Here we go. Today's guest is a longtime rogue. Ruth and I have both known and trained alongside for many, many years. Um, and we're missing. We're a little out of touch. Uh, it's been a, been a little while. Um, she's inspired us and many others. So we're really happy to bring her experience and wisdom uh, to the She Squad today. Yeah, Jen, I completely agree. Um, Emily has a lot of running experience uh, with distance running, both on the road. And of course, actually, it has I always remember her on the trail. So I think I've only been road running <laughs> with her. Um, she definitely has a passion for both. And um, we're going to ask her to share that with us today. Um, a little bit more information about her. She is a physical therapist by day. And in addition to that, she's a wife and mother of two kiddos, uh, one with special needs. She is also a breast cancer survivor and has some real interesting hobbies that actually I think as a rogue we have all enjoyed. Uh, she's a drummer in a band. Uh, the if you know what I mean. She has made a name for herself as well as a stand-up comic, and she likes to practice her jokes when we run with her, and I think sometimes we are actually the the, the uh, part of the joke. I won't say the butt <laughs> of the joke, but maybe that's true too. Um, but anyway, we'd love to welcome Emily Howell, or better known to us as Power Howell. So mm -hmm. Emily, welcome to the She Squad podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So <laughs> Although I didn't have to excited. go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to get to uh, catch up today. So we appreciate you doing this. Um, and, you know, like I said, I can't, can't wait to catch up a little bit. I know you have two amazing kids, um, but those blessings come with some, some added challenges that sort of help tell the story of who you are. Can you share a little bit more about you and your family? Sure. Um, 
Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was kind of trying to think about this, so I'd be a little bit prepared. Um, although I guess I'm never really quite prepared for anything, but uh, here we go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, as you mentioned, I have some hobbies and uh, Richie and I actually got together, um, my husband, from when we were back in the, the rock and roll days of being in the band together from the 90s. Um, and so, um, you know, we were living sort of um, a, uh, I don't know, fun, fancy, free lifestyle, um, even though I was going to physical therapy school and things like that. Um, I was playing drums at night and doing all those sorts of things. And then um, a few years go by and we kind of just realized um, we were just out of shape and kind of getting older. And that's kind of when I started really exercising. Um, and so I think it was around 2000, I believe, um, when I started trying to get back in shape. And I was an athlete in high school, a uh, sprinter, ironically enough. Yeah, I was, I was actually a very fast runner in high school, short distances, but fast. And I could jump very high and far, which is kind of strange because it was like, you know, quick, fast twitch. And I do the opposite now. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> But um, I'm very slow. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, we decided. I decided I needed to get back in shape, and I was so kind of out of shape I couldn't even run. So I would just started swimming, and then I realized I could do cycling because that was like somehow easier than running. I don't know. I guess you could glide or whatever it's called when you just coast yeah coast coasting is my specialty but I did a whole lot of cycling and finally got back in shape and then I was able to start running um and it really wasn't until 2002 when I started really been able to run I think that was my first half marathon um and ironically I was pregnant um with my first child Adeline I think I was eight weeks pregnant when I ran the first um half marathon in Austin and uh, it went all right. It went well. Um, and, you know, I was kind of addicted to the running after that. I really liked it and was finding fitness and those kinds of things. And then, of course, got more pregnant and um, <laughs> then stopped running and just kind of went back to floating around in the pool near the end of the pregnancy. But uh, anyway, to the pregnancy, Adeline, my first daughter, um, well, only daughter, first child, she was kind of an emergency uh, C-section. Uh, we went in f um, to be induced because I was over time. Um, and uh, when I went to in to be induced, they were checking on her and they were like, something's wrong. And, you know, kind of as everyone's nightmare they were like, well, okay, we need to, we need to go and take her out right now. And me being like the protective, you know, parent, I was, you know, arguing, no, 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 she needs to stay in here. And they had to trick me basically to go back and, you know, take her out. And, um, so they did. And, um, so Adeline, um, was born and she was having seizures and, uh, so long story short, she basically was born with uh, cerebral palsy, um, which basically just means that she has brain damage um, from before her birth. Sometime before her birth, she lost blood. And so she kind of, it's kind of like a hemorrhage in a way. But um, so she is now 17. And uh, we've, yeah. Sorry, 16, wow. 16, almost 17. My bad. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost 17. Um, and so, yeah, hard to believe, right? We've been caring for her and she is um, total care. Um, you know, we, we have, have to feed her and um, dress her and change her diapers and all those things. Um, so it's been, it's been a long, a long haul, although she is the cutest little girl in the world. So, um, that's really helpful. Um, but anyway, there's Adeline. And then after, after Adeline was five 
ish years old, I somehow finally tricked Richie into having a second kid. And, um, (laughs) and it was rough, you know, he didn't, he was afraid and rightly so. And, uh, I was too, but then there's something just, I don't know about, I know some other women can probably attest to this, but sometimes once you get this in your mind, you want a kid, you can't stop. It's not even realistic. It's not even reasonable. Um, and that's how I was. And, uh, so then we had ACE, which it's turned out to be a great thing. He's a, he's now 12 and, um, he's just an amazing kid and he's super great with Adeline and has helped balance our family quite a bit. So, um, that was a lot. I don't know if that's what y'all wanted, but Emily, I can't believe that the kids are almost 17 and 12 yeah. now. Well, yeah. That's, where has time gone? I um, know. Adeline's in high school. <laughs> wow. wow. Yes. So when, when did you return to running? I mean, obviously you had your hands full, mm-hmm. you know, initially, well, and still do, you had your hands mm-hmm. full and yep. then you had ACE. And mm-hmm. so you had your hands full even more. Yep. When did you get back into running after, after having yeah. kiddos? So I was, like I said, I ran my first half, uh, when Adeline was, uh, when I was about eight weeks pregnant and, um, I was already all the way in on the running, you know, I was into it. And, um, then as soon as she was born and the tragedy happened, I was, you know, kind of, even more so into the exercise after that. I kind of went back to cycling for a while though, because I had the C-section and I could ride the trainer. I started riding the trainer, I think maybe like five days after she was born. Um, You know, I was just kind of addicted to exercise and I wanted to get back into fitness. And it was probably just a psychological, you know, way to, deal with things that were happening too, but I was exercising like right away, um, even before I was supposed to, you know, but I, in my mind, it was fine because I was on the trainer and I wasn't running and bouncing, (laughs) but I had a big, you know, big stitches in my belly and stuff like that. So yeah, so I started right away. And then as soon as, um, the stitches were out and I was cleared to run, then I was back running. And then I think I ran, um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I ran another half marathon or something pretty, pretty soon after that. I don't know. 23. And then I, yo, and then I joined rogue in 2006. Um, and that's when I ran my first marathon. So I guess Adeline was like two and a half when I ran my first marathon with rogue. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how do you fit it? How do you fit it all in? I mean, we, I have some inkling, but, uh, and so does Jennifer, probably not all yeah. everything, but how do you, I mean, she said 17, you guys stole full-time care for her. It's not like she's 17 and, uh, you know, a teenager who can just do her own thing. So how right. do you fit the exercise in? And then Ace is 12 and I'm sure he has soccer and, and he's a, com- a, a upcoming comedian yes. the last time I remember. <laughs> but anyway, how does it yeah. all fit in? And, yeah, yeah. And how do you do it? How do you and Richie kind of share and how does that work? Um, well, it's, it's a schedule, you know, and it's pretty complicated. And, um, fortunately for us, um, now before Adeline was five, we, we didn't have any help. Um, it was just kind of us and we were struggling hardcore, especially after ACE was born. And then, you know, I got the cancer, um, which we haven't talked about yet, but when he was two, that's when, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer so I've had some rough years, some rough patch from, um, 2010 to 12 was pretty rough. Um, but we, we finally got some help, um, after Adeline was five and, um, that's, that's been a big thing. We've had caregivers for Adeline since she was five. Um, and then also Richie and I, you know, we tag team quite a bit and we have a schedule as you know, like Ruth and Jennifer both know that you've probably seen me at Rogue in the mornings on Tuesday, Thursday, when maybe I shouldn't have been there <laughs> because mm-hmm. maybe I hadn't slept, but you know, maybe I hadn't slept in days or, or whatever, but it was like, well, that was my slot. Mm-hmm. That's my scheduled yeah. slot. And so I would show up because if I didn't, then I wouldn't get to do it. 
another time kind of a thing. So um, anyway, I kind of got off track there, but um, caregivers, to answer your question, um, schedule number one, um, planning and sort of, sort of being relentless on the schedule and having help, you know, um, you know, being able to ask for help was not an easy thing for me. Um, Mm. you know, after Adeline was born, not at all. I mean, I literally had to go to a psychologist, um, for her to tell me, um, that it was okay to ask for help. (laughs) You know, she was like, she's like, well, what would you like to do? Would you like to get away sometime without Adeline? And I was like, well, yeah, that sounds amazing. She's like, well, what would happen if you asked your mom to come and take care of her for the weekend? I was like, oh. I don't know. She'd probably say yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh. so I know a lot of, a lot of women and people in general, I guess they just, once you get, I was 28 or 30, you just don't like asking for help. And then you have to somehow learn the hard way that it's okay. Yeah, I, that's ex- true, right? I mean, we need to be self-sufficient. We think we should. And I also feel like, I would imagine being, if I were you, would be like, this is a big ask. So I'm not sure I can ask that big ask. So that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, mentally, I mean, I know you said you went to, you had to get a psychiatrist to tell you that, which I mean, we were laughing, but I would too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I probably, I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, mentally, how, how do you, I mean, I know running is part of your self-care, but mm-hmm. what is your self-care look like in order to be able to juggle this much mm-hmm. oh <sighs> is it just the running I mean is there more to it um you know I think I think it's um a lot of it is intertwined I was thinking about this and how you know I was thinking how I was gonna explain some of these things and how the training the running and this you know the psychological aspect and the social aspect of all this is like all intertwined really the self-help you know the self-care it's all intertwined um with with the running and the exercise and social is a huge part of it for me um running is a extremely social uh sport for me because that's when I get to talk to people where you know I'm at work I don't necessarily get to talk to people except for people I'm caring for you know, and at home, there's definitely no talking going on here. (laughs) Maybe once a week. Uh, But, uh, you know, just in making friends and you, as we all, all the runners know that that's where you get to know people uh, really well, because you're having the long runs and the talks and stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question on that either, but the self-care, yeah, the running, um, that's pretty much it. I, I don't, I wouldn't say I do too much self-care, but I do, um, try to maintain some hobbies too. And so that, that I think is helpful for me, um, uh, when I don't have things, um, that are for me, it gets, it gets harder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so. To, to paint a picture of you for our squad, I mean, you are, you are the epitome of health. I mean, you are that person that nothing, nothing stops you from doing your workouts, from your training. Like it doesn't matter what else you, and we, I think we've painted a pretty good picture of like, you don't have a simple life. It's not like you just, you know, do whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, but during your, your journey, you you mentioned you got some pretty scary news, mm-hmm. breast cancer, and you handled it with such a fighter mentality. Like there was, we all knew there was no way the cancer was going to win because we knew you. Um, and I think that's where Power Howl, I think that's when Power Howl like was born really. But um, <laughs> can you take us back to that point in time and, and share your story, like how you conquered it and used running and survival as motivation? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I mentioned, we were kind of, we were pretty much in a rough patch already when, uh, when the cancer came on, Ace was like two years old. We had two kids in diapers. Um, I was, I was, uh, running a lot at the time, actually, um, into trail running. That's kind of after Ace was born, I was getting into trail running, uh, 
I think mainly because it was just more like outdoor, like I felt like it was more outdoor time somehow, even though road running, you're outdoors too. It's kind of weird. I think of it that way. It's more outdoors. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I guess it's just nature. I don't know. But, um, you know, so he was about two and um, I just found a lump basically. And then we kind of were like, nah, it's not that, you know. And then like a week later, it started hurting. And I went to the doctor right away and they're like mammogram. And they're like, yeah, you have cancer. Um, and so our initial reaction was really just like, are you effing kidding me? You know, like, I mean, not to be like, you know, uh, we just couldn't wait. I mean, it was really just a shock. Like I, how many bad things can happen, you know? But, um, and I think a lot of people actually had that reaction too, which I thought it was kind of, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny because people would be like, are you kidding Oh, like my one friend was like, I'm going to call the complaint department. This is bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah. And so I think I, you know, I think just having already been through like Adeline, this severe tragedy that that was and continues to be really, um, it, it was more just like a, like an annoyance. Like, are, like real, are you kidding me? You know, um, and so I guess I just knew I had to do it. And, and, you know, anytime that, um, anytime that I had self-pity, um, uh, it's a funny thing. Cause you know, Richie is my husband and, um, you know, <laughs> he, he has no room for any kind of pity whether it be self-pity or pity for others. Uh, he's just like, okay he, he's like you gotta suck it up I mean I would like sit in here and cry and it sounds harsh but um you know he was always right so I never did um get mad at him or anything when he would tell me that he'd just like be like you have to suck this up and you have to do it and um so you know um <laughs> it's funny I, he is like the toughest um he's been a huge uh, obviously a huge part of, uh, my support system. Um, I, you know, I call him the gristle, but, uh, <laughs> he likes to call himself the glue. So that <laughs> uh, good when you make up your own nickname. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, nah, you're like more like gristle, honestly. Like that annoying part of the chicken you just can't get rid of as hard as you feel. You know, um, but uh, he note to self, yeah. Don't let Emily make up a nickname for you. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be Gristle. All right, <laughs> Gristle. The Gristle. It makes sense though. Yeah, like, I get it. Yeah, it makes. Um, but so back to the training, kind of. Um, you know, I trained basically through cancer. Um as much as I could. Um, and in part, thanks to Ruth, um, and Carolyn, I remember specifically receiving the email from you guys, um, offering me free training during my cancer treatment. I don't know if you even remember that, but, um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it was a, just a super nice gesture. Um, because, um, you know, even though I could actually afford it at the time, um, it was nice, uh, just knowing I didn't have to stress about not showing up, you know, mm-hmm. um, and not feeling like, I don't know, something about, you know, when you're paying for it, you feel like you have to show up, you know? And, um, I did show up whenever I could, but there were definitely days I could not, like when the treatment was really severe, I could only show up like two weeks and then I'd be out a whole week and, and that kind of thing. So, um, and you know, when I say I trained through cancer, I don't want anyone thinking like, wow, she was running marathons during it. That's not true. I would run like my long run would be like six miles. And then I would run like four, you know, and then after the treatment, like the next day, I wouldn't even be able to get out of bed for like two days. And then I would walk Mm -hmm. the next day and then jog one mile and then two miles and maybe up to six miles after I was feeling better. But that's kind of was the cycle during treatment, you know, and but the whole time I was doing cancer treatment, um, 
I was writing a blog that was basically, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if y'all remember my um, beloutable yes. records, <laughs> yes. but um, I was writing a blog and um, it was mainly just for to keep people up to date on what was going on. So I didn't have to tell everybody all the time. Um, and, um, and I wasn't on the social media, thank God at the time, because, you know, I couldn't handle it. You know, other people having lives and me just being in hell, you know, it was easier just to like talk about myself than to see what other people were doing. But, uh, you know, it kept me going and gave me a reason to, I don't know. It's funny how, when you like blog about yourself and you start writing about your week and how terrible it was and, you know, your cancer treatment, this, and, you know, illness, that, and blah, blah, blah. And then by the end of it, you're like sick of yourself. You're like, God, this is terrible. This is so depressing. Like no one wants to look at this or read it. So then always by the end, I'd be just like change. It would change my whole attitude after just writing it out. Like this is terrible. And then be like, well, it's not that terrible. You're right here. You're sitting here. You're like typing on this computer. You're fine. You know? And then I would just like change my attitude by the end. If you look back at the blog, it's like, it's funny to read it. Cause it's like, this is terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, it's fine. You know? <laughs> but um, oh. I would just basically talk myself I- out of it, you know, out of being down or whatever. But part of my blog, it was called, um, bloatable records of cancer and trail dreams because before I got cancer, right before I got cancer, I was planning on, um, running the grand Canyon and, um, the 50 mile version of the grand Canyon rim to rim to rim. And then I got the cancer and I couldn't do it. But then I was like, I was like just bound and determined after the cancer to run, uh, the grand Canyon And then after the cancer, I realized the Grand Canyon is way too unsafe um, because it's unsupported, um, having just survived cancer. So I decided to run a local 50 miler, which was Nueces, because it was three loops. And I thought that would be a lot safer. (laughs) (laughs) So much safer. Literally, that is the truth. I was like, this will be a lot safer. (laughs) Hey. Cause there's a rest stop every 15 miles or something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's safer. not safer. <laughs> um, so yeah. And so I, I wrote the blog about that and that kept me going. It made me have like a goal, you know, the running, um, by the help me get through, uh, I had a reason to keep running through the cancer basically. Cause I was going to do this 50 miler, you know, at the end of it. Um, I don't know. I've always liked to attach, sort of attach good things to bad things. You know, like when I was in physical therapy school, I decided, okay, I'm going to learn how to play a musical instrument during physical therapy school. Like, like school wasn't going to be enough, but I did. I learned how to play the drums. And it's funny that I just said this to myself because, you know, during this pandemic, I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to draw. So <laughs> I've been sketching like these stupid sketches and they're not that bad. No, they're good. Actually. I've seen <laughs> them. Really we'll, we'll post some yeah. for you guys. <laughs> like, really good. I had no idea I could draw. That's awesome. That's stupid. I think it's really cool though, that, that, that theory of your brain. And I think it's a smart one where you're attaching a good with the bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and some of it is physical and some of it is very artistic because I find very similar. I do similar things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like to get through stuff, I have to physically move and that's where running or cycling mm-hmm. or I just picked up mountain biking. Nice. You, you all should see my, my bloody mm-hmm. shins. Um, but you know, and that's part of the COVID thing, but I also picked up like other art project types of art projects, but I do the, I didn't ever see that I was pairing things together, but I think like, that's a really great coping. Yeah. I think I literally think that. I just realized that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Me too. laughs> it's awesome. Hey guys, Chris here popping back in as promised to tell you about a new partnership that I have with a meal delivery service, GreenChef.com. GreenChef is a USDA certified organic company that sends you the ingredients to make healthier meals at home. 
So the way it works is you go to their site, you pick the meal plan that works for you in terms of how you like to eat. You pick your frequency and they send you three delicious recipes that you can make at home with pre-cut ingredients, pre-chopped ingredients, pre-measured ingredients. So it's a really a paint by numbers experience once you actually get the food. I think it's cool for a couple of reasons. One, you get to choose the type of food you want to receive. It includes recipes for paleo, keto, and plant-powered diets. Or you can go with the option I chose, which is just the balanced living option, which provides you with healthier ingredients for really good meals that you can make for yourself at home. I also like it because it's convenient and easy. Personally, I'm not someone who loves to cook. So this gives me a really simple way and usually 30 minutes or so to prepare these meals at home. And then it's also really, really good food. I actually had the honey mustard pork tenderloin, which comes with kale salad and cheesy potato cakes that I was easily able to prepare for myself at home. And of course, you've got options that you can choose every week depending on the plan you choose you get to pick the meals that you want from those that are prepared each week so there you go it's that simple convenient tailored to your lifestyle and of course as i mentioned really really good if you'd like to to try it to try greenchef.com then you can redeem a code through our partnership for $80 off your order and free shipping that code is that code is rogue80 And you can redeem it by simply going to greenchef.com forward slash rogue 80, rogue spelled R-O-G-U-E, all lowercase, and then eight zero. So code rogue 80 gets you $80 off and free shipping on your order. Highly recommend it. As I said, I've tried one box already of great meals, and I think you'll enjoy it as well for those that are looking for a, a convenient and easy way to prepare food at home, especially during this crazy time. So go check it out again, greenchef.com forward slash rogue 80 to redeem that offer for $80 off and free shipping. So with that, as an intro to our new partnership, I wanted to turn it back to Ruth as she picks up the conversation with Emily. Here we go. I think, I mean, you've talked, you've been talking about the running, but what are, what are some of your, uh, so just because we can, you, we can help you brag on you, but what are some of your racing accomplishments? As I know, they're actually uh, oh my running yeah. accomplishments, running running. running. Oh well, um, I mean I've done Boston a few times. Some people think that's Woo-hoo. that's cool. Um, that is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, my biggest accomplishment is that I did actually finally do the Grand Canyon, um, rim to rim to rim last year. It took me ten years. Um, from time of goal setting to doing it, um, because of all the, the things, you know, that happened in between, but, um, I did it and, uh, it was hard. Um, yeah, Yeah. it was, uh, I didn't have a good day, honestly. Um, I was pretty, honestly, pretty sick for a lot of it, but, um, it was really one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. Um, even though I was sick, but the good news is I'm planning on going back, um, for an improved, uh, improved return (laughs) next year, hopefully if the COVID will allow, um, I just want to try to not feel sick, but I've also done, um, the Bandera 100k. Um, that was a big accomplishment for me. Um, you know, it's, it's a long run. Oh, and it was a, it was a treacherous day because it was, um, freezing, raining and muddy. It was just awful. Uh, it was the worst case scenario for Bandera, honestly. Um, and I did it and you know, now I don't run in the freezing rain, cold mud anymore. (laughs) <laughs> i was like you know what i can do that and oh thank you <laughs> yeah well and i should tell everybody like the mud it sticks to your shoes yeah. so uh-huh. after like 10 steps you're wearing literally wearing high heels yeah. on the bottom of your running shoes so yeah it's and very like, treacherous because of that mm-hmm. and like concrete added. high heels like it feels like Concrete oh oh yeah too, oh right? yeah. yeah it's okay. like it's like it's like you stepped in concrete and it hardened and then you were trying to k- still jog or run I mean it's, it's and then you're sliding at the same time it's a nightmare um but I did complete it and I got that darn belt buckle which was uh 
incredible. Um, um, and really, you know, I, I was thinking about this one, you know, my other major accomplishment is that I've been running for 20 years. Yeah. For, with pretty much without stopping. No matter what life yeah. you're at, you, mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. Because yeah. it's 2020 now. And I really started in 2000. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm impressed how much you ran through mm-hmm. cancer. I mean, I knew you did. I knew it was going mm-hmm. on, but it's like, it's very different hearing it again. Because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think sometimes, I mean, and it's callous in a sense in how like self focused a lot of times we are I mean I knew you were going through mm-hmm. it and you'd just be there at practice I was bald do you remember yeah 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 I'd be like yeah oh, she's just here again <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. it's fine <laughs> you know I mean you just I mean it's terrible to think but I think sometimes you're like no, she's fine you know hairdo is a lot faster like that <laughs> oh you can imagine you, you remember Jeff when I showed up after um cancer oh. and there was that transition to Jeff and um at the time, Jeff was like, which I didn't know because I was in like Shrup's, Shrup's class and then and then a uh, group, I guess. And then um, I had to be off for like the surgery or whatever for a while. And then there was that transition to Jeff. And then I just showed back up one day. And Jeff at the time, which is hilarious if you know Jeff, right? Because he's very specific. And um he, you know, like I'm like post-cancer and I'm just, I just showed up and he was like taking applications for his group at the time. Like he wasn't just letting any old scruff in, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I just showed up and he was like, who is this person? And like, what does she think she's doing here? You know? And he didn't know I'd been in Rogue for like many years before that, you know, it was just really funny. Yeah. And then, you know, the day that I showed him my, um, have I ever, sh- I've showed yeah. you guys my belly scar that like, it, oh, it's basically God. cuts all the way across my abdomen. You don't know. It's like over a foot long. And I just like whipped my shirt up and showed Jeff one day and the, you know, Jeff's face. I, it's just, cl- I just wish I could explain it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can remember when you, when you came back at, at that time and I remember one, I remember him being like, who is this woman? Like, you know, what's the story with her? But I also remember running with you and being worried about uh-huh. you, like, right? You know, being yeah. worried about you. And then pretty quickly realizing, like, I don't need to worry about yeah. her. She's got this. Like, she she, she does her. She, she can take care of, take care of this. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember you were definitely an anomaly for for. <laughs> I just think it's so funny that I just showed up and I didn't like, you know, confirm or, you know, make any appointments or anything. <laughs> get, get, uh, get admitted. admitted. I wasn't admitted. I didn't know. I didn't know that's how I had to do it. You know, I was just like, I'm just returning in my eyes. I'm just coming back, you know, but anyway, yeah, yeah. that's just a funny well, aside. came back. I did. So you beat, you beat cancer. You come back as a Marvel superhero. Mm. You become a trail running beast. Mm-hmm. So there was this transition from running road races, half marathons, marathons, et cetera. You know, you had these big goals on the, on the trail, Fifth Grand Canyon. You did Nueces, Bandera. What, what is it about trail running that ignites that passion in you? Well, I, I basically transitioned to trail from road because, um, I, you know, I was so intense about road for several years and the, trying to get the Boston qualifier and everything that I just got, I just really got tired of looking at my watch um, and every time thinking about the pace. And I just had too much going on with my life to be so specific. Um, and I, road running is very specific. I think, you know, the better you want to be, the more specific you need to be. And I just couldn't be that specific. I needed to be more like free and just kind of go on feel like that kind of thing. And, um, and being, like I said, more outdoors, but just more nature really attracted me. It just felt more relaxing. And I needed that outlet versus being more intense, um, at the time. I mean, there's, there's definitely a release with being intense and, running fast and hard. That's great too. But for me at the time, I just needed the other, 
uh, which I still do. I'm still majorly more trail, even though I do run road. Um, I don't know, three, four times a week, I run trail equally. Now I, um, but at the time that when I came back there with Jeff, I think I was running trail five or six days a week. Um, and just doing that one day with, with you guys on Tuesdays. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just like the feeling of being outdoors, I guess the nature and, uh, it's more relaxing. I like Hills a lot too. And I, I think, um, having the diversity in the, um, uh, terrain helps my mind somehow. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 Although it's like a realistic. Yeah. I think it just gives me something to focus on. Like, Oh, there's a rock. Oh, there's a thing, you know, but, um, road running can have its, you know, mind numbingness too. Cause it's nice. Cause it's, you don't have to think about it. And so if I'm in that mood, I go road running. Cause I don't have to think about tripping. Although I fall on the road more than I do on the trail. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> maybe I should think. Of, maybe I should think about it. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Ruthie, if only we knew which hormone phase she was in at the time, it would add to our research. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I will say one thing about hormones. Unless you have a question coming about that. Oh, oh. I do, but go ahead because it's about that's my oh, question. Okay. So I don't even have okay. to ask you. Tell well, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> You know, I've, I've thought a lot about hormones actually, because, um, you know, having had breast cancer, um, but even prior to that, I knew that my, uh, my cycle made a difference in my running. And I don't know if you guys know this, but like, it was maybe like two or three days before I would start my period, I'd be some kind of like superhero. Like I could run stronger and better than ever on that day. And I knew it was coming and I used to always try to figure out how I could time my races to, to that day. <laughs> Never did work. But no. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to do that no. timing. It, it, uh, it does it. And yeah, that was kind of the question. Well, in a sense, like how the book that we're reading roar or read roar, <laughs> She uh she talks a lot about the impact of your hormones on and your menstrual cycle mm -hmm. and uh, just the fact that we're not small men is her main contention. Like for years and years and years, we've just treated uh, women's training just like men's training, only maybe like water it down or um, less calories mm -hmm. or whatever. Kind of stupidly thinking it was the same, but just we we're going to ask if you ever took that into account in your training and like. Um, and especially maybe the longer uh, distance races. Um, but I think even the fact that you recognize that there was a difference mm -hmm. for you uh, is, is some of it because ironically, like I interviewed these pro women just a couple months ago and asked them and I was, and they had no mm. idea. They had no, they never, they have never had a coach that's taken that into account. So oh. Like, oh, the state of distance running in the U S. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> that's that's interesting. But that they never even thought yeah. about it. Because to me, it was just obvious yeah. that I'd have like this like superhero yeah. day. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like there were days. Uh, when, oh, yeah. But exactly. days when, depending on my right. cycle, when I'd be like, yeah, yeah. this feels good. Or, or also days where I'd be like, oh, yeah. shit. This, this feels is bad. Crappy, this is bad. Know? In your mind, you knew it, had, it was directly related to that, though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Or injury, yeah. like I was telling the group that I've, I always have this one piriformis injury and it always pop up the same time if I did a workout X number of days for me pre-period here mm -hmm. would be. Mm -hmm. um, so I always knew there was something, but I just didn't know what to do and why. Mm -hmm. So it's been kind of fun to explain. It, it began to explore it because there's not a lot of mm -hmm. research. But so do you, did you notice, I mean, I'm just curious myself, any difference pre and post cancer with your running? Um, Things that it, a long-term affected? Well, I mean, it's hard to say, you know, because of aging <laughs> at the same time. And I mean, I've been, my body's been through hell, you know, chemotherapy, radiation, multiple surgeries. I'm still on oral chemotherapy. I've been taking it for 10 years. Um, yeah, I'm supposed oh, wow. to stop in December. Yeah. So they, I was supposed to take it for five years and then they were like, um, at the five year mark, they were like, yeah, we just did some more research and now it's 10. I was like, mother, 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't do the period thing anymore. Um, you know, so I, it's been many years, but, um, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, so my oncologist, when I was just there or just on my telephone call with him the other day, he's like, yeah, so just think how great you're going to feel when you finally get off of this stuff. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Are you kidding me? I've just wasted 10 years. So I'm dead. Y'all watch out. I might be like a pro athlete come next year (laughs) after I get off of this. Powerhouse (laughs) 2.0. Yeah. And that's probably, I mean, that's a testament to your toughness and your resilience that you're like, oh, shit. And I mean, I'm sure for at first you're like, oh, this is really dragging me down. But if you've been on yeah. it for 10 years, I mean, how, now it's just you, you just, so you don't know. I mean, it's almost like a neat people who are anemic, yeah. you know, the upside is you just train like you're at altitude. Yeah. The bad side is you felt shitty. The whole time. Time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be funny to see. What, it'll be interesting to see if you notice. Um, a, a, a I'm very curious myself. Yes. Yeah. Ask me in a year. Well, so that, that- <laughs> That kind of times was one of your favorite races, Bandera. Isn't that January? Oh, year? yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so you can mm-hmm. get off that last chemo and go, you know, blow out Bandera. Yeah. And I, I might run it this year, actually, too, because be training up for Grand Canyon in April. Yeah. Could be a good prep race. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't imagine using Bandera as a break, but um, Great Canyon is no joke. It is not. I'm here to tell you. That was hard. No. <laughs> Definitely. I, I remember running with you afterwards. You were a little shell-shocked. You know? Man, that was awesome, though. So, so we we talked to, to the squad a lot about our why, like why we run, and the power of knowing that, articulating our why. You always have have known you know why you needed running can you share that with the group and how that motivates you um let's see (laughs) hold on just a second (laughs) i'll see what it says here um Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've never been really good at figuring out my why, honestly, you guys. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I, I think it's just, it's just part of it for me. You know, it's part of, it's part of stress management. It's just, And at this point, it's just part of my life, you know, anxiety management. Um, I guess that's self-care like y'all were talking about. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of just what I do. I say that a lot. I just, this is one thing I do. It's what I do. And um, I don't know, like for races, I was, you know, all the coaches are always trying to get me to, what's your why, what's your purpose, you know, um, for this race, it's going to keep you going at the end. And I've never had a really good purpose. Um, other than if I specifically had a teammate I wanted to beat, which sounds so shallow (laughs) and terrible, but that, Maybe. I mean, you know, like someone who was like in my pace group, or I was like, I have to at least do this well, you know, that would sometimes help motivate me to keep going. But, but, but I think that's why I'm no good at road running because, um, you know, it's just running fast and hard for so long. I don't know. Like, but for trail running, um, it's just different for me. It's like, um, I can have good, I, I do well in trail races. Actually, I do much better relatively. Um, but I think it's because I'm just, if I'm happy, I run fast and I run hard and I feel good about it. But when I'm just like trudging down the road forever, um, for me, that's, uh, the why is less, it's just harder for me to find. So I, I think maybe that's the other reason I'm more comfortable on trail, but, um, I've lost some of that, I guess, competitive 
edge that I used to have in road running. I had it for a long time, you know, I used to run kind of fast over there, but um, it's less so now, I guess. Although now that I'm 50, I might find a new why. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially after 50. Exactly. <laughs> I just turned 50. So, Je- when? Like the when day before it? you. Oh, I didn't know that you were. Oh, mm-hmm. very cool. Well, the day before your birthday. Not oh, the day before was... you turned 50. You turned what? 50 last year or the year before? So nice. I've turned 54. Oh, 54. This year, so. God, we'll see. <laughs> that shows what my timeline is. Um, you're May 2nd, though, right? right. I could be 50. Oh, okay. No, okay. Your birthday is yeah. one day before my sister's, and my birthday is May 1st. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Babies. We're yes. so stubborn. <laughs> that answers yes. a lot. Doesn't it explains it? a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. You should meet. Yeah, you should meet my sister. So we- Jeez. Oh, okay. <laughs> we would probably all not get to meet because we first stubborn on deciding exactly. where we would get there. Uh-uh. No, uh-uh. Oh my god, my sister is like me on steroids. Like, like intense. It. Oh my god, oh my she's good. She's right. crazy and. She's uh, funny. Yeah, no, she's hilarious and um, just very stubborn and strong. And yep. Yeah, that's nothing like you. Nothing like you. She's like, yeah. So, oh, oh, sorry. I was going to say, talk about hobbies. Um, Because, well, I mean, one, or this is like a two part question, I feel like almost. Like, how has COVID-19 affected you guys as a in your running? I guess I'll ask that yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, uh, it has slowed us down quite a bit. Um, so like immediately when the COVID hit, we were extremely for- fortunate that one of our caregivers, the main one, wanted to stay working. Everybody else gone. Um, so we've only had one person helping when we usually have like four people helping. Uh, like we have a staff of people helping us get through, you know, at this point, like it rotates like the weekends and the evening that whatever. But, um, that's the other thing I manage that people don't realize is like, <laughs> I have to manage like a whole staff of help, but it's good cause it helps me, you know, but, um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. anyway, so she's, she's been helping, but, um, we're just at home, you know, and that's not like us at all. Uh, we like to do stuff and we get very shut in the shut in feeling here with Adeline, um, mm-hmm. not being able to take her out. Like she loves movies and those kind of things. And it's just really hard. So it's, it's like summer, like the never ending summer, which is a nightmare. This is not a good situation, mm-hmm. but it, but we're slowing down. I'm working less because my hospital is low, which is actually helping out quite a bit. And we just kind of slowed our pace. We've kind of adjusted a little bit. I'm still running um, because that's what I do, you know. Um, I'm eating like a pig, so the running is not feeling as good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm sure people are just like who is that fat girl jogging but um you know I'm still doing it you know because that's just I it's it's a thing to get me out of the house and I feel you know I still do it I mean I'm still running like six days a week for sure yeah I yeah, mean, you kind of have to. I feel like everyone is. That's the difference. It's like, who are all these people with me? Yeah. <laughs> um. So hobbies. So I want to know, like, again, and I probably have asked, but like the one that most fascinates me has always been the stand-up oh, yeah. um, comedy. I mean, so like, how did you? I mean, why did you start doing it? Like, what? What? Like, what was it? Did you see somebody who was oh. funny? I don't. Like, how did it get started? Well, so it got started because you know, during cancer, I was writing the blog. And um, so I was writing the blog for like two years. And then I got into Twitter, I wasn't on Facebook, but I got into Twitter. And I was just like only following comedians, and learning about jokes and joke writing. And then I started writing jokes. So I wrote jokes for like a year, um, just on Twitter, and don't go back and look, they're terrible. But Don't worry. No one does. I always figured it was hilarious because I had no followers on Twitter 
And I always, I just figured it was my little <laughs> secret hiding place for my terrible work, um, which is hilarious because Twitter is like an open, you know, public forum, but um, no one ever looked at me. So that was good. But um, yeah, so I'd been writing jokes for a long time and then just, I, I knew I wanted to do something. I've always wanted to be on stage. I was in high school and middle school and that kind of stuff. And and I would write in the jokes. And then one day I just saw this ad for like this open mic. And I was like, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do that. And then I went to one of them and just to see how it goes. And I was like, yeah, I think I can do five minutes. And then I just did it. And it, it's just so addictive. It was so amazing, you know, um, and I loved it. And then I got like really hardcore into comedy. I did that for four years, really a lot. And, you know, I ran two, sh I had two of my own shows that I was running in town and um, performed a lot. And I was getting pretty, you know, pretty, I don't, I want, I don't want to say good, but I was doing it a lot. <laughs> um, you know, some people laughed, but, um, <laughs> you know, Richie most. Yeah. Uh -huh. No, he never thought. Of, no, Gristle yeah. never thought I was funny. He's just like, he laughed. No, he would just, he'd just be embarrassed. He would just shake his head and be like, "Do I have to go?" You know, like <laughs> he, but he's shy. Whatever. So, yeah. So I, I mean, I loved it, and then, um, and then it just got too hard because it it detracted from my running, honestly. Because, uh, yeah, oh. because of the late nights, um, I started to see like quite a decrease in my fitness because I was still running, but I just couldn't do it because I would like have a show at 10 p.m., you know, get home at midnight mm -hmm. and then try to run at six, you know, it's just and then take care of kids all day the next day. You know, it's just too it was too much. And um, I miss it, you know, a lot. I haven't been doing it. Um, but then I decided, okay, I'll go back to playing drums again. And, um, cause that was like, it sounds like late night, but practice wasn't late night, but comedy, you have to practice at night. You have to go out and practice at the open mics and the shows it's, you know, but drumming, you can just practice during the day. So yeah, yeah I could do I that so. or do it early evening. And, but now the COVID we don't do anything except now I draw. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so now mm -hmm. it's shifted because you can't go host a comedy show or the band isn't playing anywhere. So, so you took up mm -hmm. sketching and we've seen your sketches. Like you're actually pretty good. <laughs> like how, how did, how did you like just all the time? No, it was sketching? a joke. It started as a joke. Honestly, I was like, I just saw this stupid thing, um, you know, on Instagram, it was like, a class for sketch 30 faces in 30 days or something. And that was just like going to joke on Facebook. I was like, should I sketch 30 faces in 30 days? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And that's going to be hilarious. Cause it's gonna be like stick figure faces, you know? And it's, <laughs> and, but then I was like, after three of them, it's not going to be funny, you know? And then I was tried. I honestly tried to draw a, a bad stick figure face and like, it was terrible. Like it just didn't even look like it was just, like trying to draw a bad one looked just stupid. And so then I was like, well, I guess I'll just actually try to draw the person's face. And it like came out really good. <laughs> so, you know, some of them aren't good though. Some of them are bad because they don't look like the person. Like if you know the person, you're like, who's yeah. that? But um, yeah, some of them are good. Some of them, I'm not going to say good, but to me, pretty good. <laughs> you you captured the good. person's essence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, sure. it's been like it's a distraction. It's honestly a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you're using your you're using it productively, right? You're doing something fun with it. You've always needed a creative outlet. You can't do your right. other ones. You yeah. now found a new one. So, so we know you're training for Green mm -hmm. Canyon mm -hmm. next year. Um. So how have you, I mean, that, that's a long mm -hmm. ways off, even though it's mm -hmm. a very big mm -hmm. goal. It's a long ways off. So how have you stayed motivated and training through quarantine, homeschooling, <sighs> less assistance mm -hmm. from caregivers? The motivation. I, honestly, I was having some real serious trouble. Um, 
until uh, my friend Martha and I decided to do the Grand Canyon again, just to have it on the map, you know, have it on the calendar. Um, even though it is so long away, it doesn't matter for me. It's something because it's close enough that you can't let yourself go. Right. I mean, you have to be ready to train up hard from six months out from that. And it's already only 10 months out or nine months now. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's already, you can't, I can't go slouch from now. I mean, I have to keep going, you know? So yeah. And I'm also signed up for, um, my other favorite race, the Sky Island, which is still on yeah. at this point, as far as I know. Um, which I, th- I really, I really kind of think Sky Island should be on because, um, you know, honestly, the corral's not that big, and if we even spread out the corral, it, like it, the race honestly spreads out in like five seconds, and like you're pretty much by yourself the whole time. So that that's yeah, in the, the Davis, Davis Mountains, Mountains. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So I mean, you're kind of out there. yeah. It's beautiful. It's one, um, you know, West Texas and Davis Mountains in particular, and Big Bend are one of my very favorite places on Earth. So I love it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I recommend mm-hmm. it too. It's beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So, question about or some advice from you. <clears throat> I know I'm kidding. Uh, what kind of advice would you give our group, the She Squad, about training through the summer? What's your What's your summer advice? You making it um, well? Uh, I was just talking to one of my running buddies about this the other day. The thing you forget, you know, like you have to have your summer rituals that, like, you kind of let slack during the winter. You know that you don't realize, but like, man, that dehydration will sneak up on you. Like if you're not keeping track of it, um, you've got to keep your fluids. And for me, like if you're running kind of a workout or something harder than kind of an easy, short, easy, like I like to take a recovery drink. Honestly, it helps me a lot. Um, I, I use Endurox. Um, I'm sure there's a billion other ones out there. Um, and I'm not like trying to sell that by any means. I just like the taste. It's fruit punch. Just saying. It's like Kool-Aid. I don't know. But um, but it really, really helps me to like take it immediately after um, on like these Texas, like hot, humid runs that take like two hours or more. Um, it just depletes you. And it's hard to get, it's hard to recover from it if you don't take active recovery, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, regular hydration and water and, um, I'm sure eating healthy helps. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it. Does. I've heard it. Does. <laughs> sure. I think vegetables are good. <laughs> I'm pro broccoli. I like a salad. So. <laughs> so let's wrap up with um, we've got a couple mm. fun questions for you. So if these oh. other questions weren't fun. So if you could pick any oh, person shit. in the world to go and run with, who would it be? Anybody. Oh, God. I forgot to I forgot to think about that one. Oh, <laughs> man, I don't know. I was thinking like thinking, um who's that guy that played Iron Man? <laughs> I really I really like him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love it. I thought you were gonna say like some comedian like Robin Williams or something, you know, some famous comedian. No, actually no, I'm glad you said that, but no, honestly, Dave Chappelle is my hero. Like I like if I could meet anyone, it would be Dave Chappelle. Like so I guess I would have to answer Dave Chappelle. He's funny. Um Okay. That's but, pretty awesome. But if that didn't work out, I really like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. But no, Dave Chappelle, is, I, he's, uh, I, I would love, he'd be a great person to run. Think about all the philosophy that would happen in a 20-mile run with Dave Chappelle. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Would you even be able yeah, to finish it, it would just your be, It would be intense <laughs> and amazing. But, yeah. 
that, I'm gonna have to stick with that. Awesome. Okay, we'll take that one. So, what's a dream run destination for you? Um, well, you know, Grand Canyon was my dream, but I've done that and I'm doing it again. But, um, you know, I think I'd like to run in Italy probably or South Africa or, you know, anywhere. Like, I would just anywhere Rogue Expeditions goes, <laughs> I would like, I would like to go there. <laughs> Um, you know, I like, those are just amazing trips. Um, I think all those, I don't know. I mean, I, I like Italy a lot, but, um, yeah. I, I'm dying to yeah. do one of the rogue yeah. trips too. We'll yeah. That. South Africa would, I mean, Croatia, um, you know, actually just, um, uh, what's the, what's the one you did Ruth that was, um. Morocco. Yeah, that oh, would be Morocco. amazing. Oh, yeah. But, you know, a lot of that is just like traveling. I just like to travel. So, you know. Mm-hmm. One day. One day. Or dream. That's why they're it's dream. a dream. Right? One day. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess, I mean, this has been a great conversation. Um, anything that either of you want to add before we wrap up today? Mm-hmm. Nope. All right. I mean, we've covered all the bases. So thank you again for joining us. Um, Powerhouse has inspired us for years. We know you all will find inspiration in her journey as well. There were, there are even new things that, that I don't think Ruth or I knew as part of her journey in, in today's conversation. So hopefully this will inspire you and help you find an additional spark. Stay focused on your training and let's go she squad. squad. There you go. Another conversation with an inspirational woman. Thanks to Emily for sharing her story. Thanks to Jen and Ruth for leading those conversations. Also, of course, check out our new partnership at greenchef.com. You can use code ROGUE80 for $80 off and free shipping on your order there. Otherwise, again, as I mentioned in the intro, thanks for allowing me this time to take a break. I'm excited already about getting back with you in January. So with that, I'll wrap this episode. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Rogue Running. Until next week, we'll talk to you then.